0: Welcome to Medical Minefield where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. If you have a question or a suggestion for a topic that we should be covering on Medical Minefield, ask us on Twitter using the hashtag #MedicalMinefield. I'm Barney Kalman, the health editor at The Mail on Sunday, and with me today is The Mail on Sunday's deputy health editor, the unflappable and ever incisive Eve Simmons. Hello. And also with us today is science writer, broadcaster, and avid gardener Vivian Parry. Vivian, is gardener the right thing to say, or should it be horticulturalist? (laughs) what <laughs> the gardener, is <respond>. fine. <laughs> gardener. How doth your garden grow at the moment?
1: Uh, my garden is looking very beautiful and it's full of peonies.
0: Oh, lovely, lovely. Well, we're not talking about gardening today. We're talking about the menopause. MP Carolyn Harris is calling for prescription charges for HRT to be scrapped. Our columnist, GP Dr Ellie Cannon, in her column last weekend wrote that she disagreed with this while she felt that in principle it was a sound idea she felt that in terms of priorities that it wasn't high up the list she received a flurry of emails many of them very angry at her so-called anti-hrt stance i think i want to just read what she said because it was quite a short piece that she wrote and i and i didn't see it as anti-hrt personally she said there were calls from mps last week for menopausal women to be added to the list of free prescriptions or at least receive free HRT rather than pay £9.35. In a perfect world where the money was endless, I'd say yes, absolutely do this. But we're not in that world. The reason diabetics, for instance, don't pay for medicines is because if they don't get them, they get very ill very quickly and treating them would cost the NHS far more. And there's a whole host of patients with long-term illnesses who don't qualify for free prescriptions who probably should. People with asthma, Parkinson's disease, inflammatory bowel diseases such as Crohn's and colitis, for instance. Giving them medication would also save the NHS tens of millions in the long term. So this really does need to be looked at. But given that HRT is usually not taken for more than a few years, it's perhaps fair that patients shoulder the financial burden, particularly when NHS resources are spread ever more thinly. And she ended it by saying, I'd like to know what you think. And people did tell her that they thought that she was being very unfair herself. Vivian. I knew that Eve and I would probably face some criticism for not quite understanding the subject matter, me being male and Eve being in her 30s. I don't think that's a fair criticism, since we spend all our time writing about these things. And The Mail on Sunday has absolutely, over the many years that I've worked there, written many, many pieces on on this subject. And we've spoken to, to a wide range of clinicians who, who perhaps offer treatment far beyond the guidelines, for instance, unusual types of HRT or specialist services. Um, you know, I'd say that, that we have more than any other paper um, covered it in this way. But I, I wanted to ask you what you thought, because you're more in the right age bracket and, and uh, you know, as we've discussed before, you do actually take HRT.
1: Yeah, obviously I am only looking 23 with the light behind me, but I do take (laughs) HRT and I take it because I had a medically induced menopause. I had full-blown septicemia. Uh, It's a long and involved story, which I I won't tell you, but I've been taking HRT for some years and I'll probably go on taking it for quite a number of years uh, more because every time I try and come off it or reduce it down, I get ferocious hot flushes, And what you don't want to do is be in a TV studio or interviewing a politician and suddenly be overcome with a hot flush. And it also really interrupts my uh, sleeping. So, yes, I take HRT and have done. But would I think it should be the top of the list or be specially preferred for prescription charge exemption? No. Actually, I think that You should really try and abolish all prescription charges because actually there's no logic to them. And the more you try and pick off one disease against another, the more difficult your mountain or house of cards becomes. Hmm. It's very bureaucratic. Who's going to sign the thing that says that somebody has stopped or shouldn't any longer qualify for uh, HRT? It's all too bureaucratic. And as I said, I don't think it's helpful to try and pit one disease against another. We should think that they're all valuable and all important. But like Ellie, I rather believe that actually, if we're thinking about the diseases that you should prioritize, something like asthma or Parkinson's should be higher up the list. But as I say, I would rather there wasn't a pecking order. Absolutely. I would we just had free prescriptions because there is no financial logic in charging and for prescriptions.
0: Scotland and Wales don't have prescription charges.
1: They don't have prescription charges and it doesn't cost their exchequer more in the long run. But of course, lots of people who have prescriptions and who find it difficult to pay for them and particularly if there are a lot of different items because remember you're paying per item not per prescription so that makes it very difficult and people have to choose which ones to take and if they can't take the right medication then their condition will worsen so it's really not a good financial bet to have prescription charges which make people stop taking their medicines properly
0: well before we go any further i think we should speak to mp carolyn harris Uh, she's on the line with us carolyn you're calling for prescription charges for hrt to be scrapped can you explain why
2: i'm calling for a lot more than that Uh, we'd actually got a whole campaign around a revolution on the menopause so it's not just the, the prescription charges but I got drawn in a private member's bill, and I'd been a long time looking for a way of raising attention to the menopause and issues around it. When I got this Mm -hmm. private member's bill, it gave me opportunity to do that. Now, a bill, a private member's bill, will only ever do a narrow thing. So I needed the most obvious thing, which was doable, and then I could build everything else around it. And one of the most obvious things was that people in Scotland and everybody in Wales have free prescriptions, including HRT. Women in England can have contraception for free, but they can't get HRT for free. So it just seems to me that there's a disparity there. And a lot of women who eventually do get to get HRT prescribed will tell you that sometimes, in most cases, it's not just one item It's several items, and on top of that, it's a bit of hit and miss in the beginning, so it's a little bit like, you know, trial and error. So you'll have different combinations, so it's a really expensive process, or can be, certainly until it stabilises. And whilst to some people £9, wherever it is, mightn't be a lot of money, to a lot of women it's a huge amount of money. Mm. If you're going to make a decision between, yeah, and if you've got a decision to make between, you know, paying the school dinner money this week and my HRT, you're going to go for the school dinner money or whatever the kids need. It's human nature, especially women have always, traditionally, have always put everybody else first. So a lot of women have told me that one of the big hurdles for them was paying for the prescription. And I thought, well, okay, that's when I can hang the hock on you. This is what the PMB will be. And then the campaign will be everything else, including prescriptions but it's it's done what i wanted it to do it's achieved the attention on the subject so many people globally have now been in touch and said wow we never thought of that and that's why i think it, it was the right decision to do it
3: Carolyn, can I just ask you, um, I mean, what you're calling for is quite a a large change. What is it that is your justification for this? Do you have lots of good, rich data that shows that we will avoid X number of
2: hospitalisations if HRT is is given out for free? Well, it's about equality apart from anything else, isn't it? If, If women in the rest of the country are getting it, why shouldn't English women get it? If they could have contraception... Why can't they have HRT? Because Scottish women get it, Welsh women get it. So it's a bit of an injustice there, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we can probably find the data and we will find the data if if and when we need to. But I really think the government is receptive to this. And it's about respect, isn't it? Why should English women be treated differently? I
3: absolutely agree. But I guess when it, when it comes to sort of presenting the argument to ministers, you know, perhaps you'd have to have, I, I mean, I don't know how it works, but perhaps you would have to have a sort of cost analysis and a benefit. And what would you, you kind of present the benefit to be?
2: Um, well, equality for, for the, the big one, respect for another one. And it's to draw attention to the fact that HRT can revolutionise how women deal with the menopause. But like I said at the beginning, it's not just about HRT; it's everything else that goes with it. And HRT was the hook to hang it all on. But mm-hmm. there's so many other things as a society that we could change really easily. And it's not the government's job to do that because some of it is down to the medical schools, where you know we've we did some research, and it's only 40, if There's 41% of medical schools don't even have menopause on the curriculum, and those mm. that do maybe talk about it for anything between 20 minutes and two hours. You know, so you have people out there practicing who won't even consider HRT or will diagnose women with mental health issues because they don't know enough about the menopause. So it's about changing the whole culture mm-hmm. around menopause and the HRT was the, the doable thing. I know that I can get that through. Once we started talking about that, everything else will slot into place and you'll see a, a massive difference in the way people think about menopause, talk about menopause, workplaces will need to think about how they deal with women who are going through the menopause and stop looking at them and saying, you were making a mistake, but accept, well, they're not making a, a mistake. They're actually, that's what the menopause has done. They got a bit of you know, brain fog today. Tomorrow they may be fine. Now, there must be better ways of, keeping and retaining good women in the workforce without putting them on a scrappy because they're going through the menopause. It's about keeping marriages and relationships together because at that time, a woman's libido will go down or she may be disinterested in the, the physical side of life because of the menopause. And now we don't want to see marriages breaking up because they don't, it's not that the woman doesn't love her husband or her partner. It's that physically and mentally, she's not in the right place at that moment in time so it's about mm-hmm. men understanding that what this woman is going through it's about talking about the subject from you know, with our sisters and our, our, our fathers and our brothers and everybody Everybody we talk about it. it's not a, sub- a subject that we, we think either we laugh at or we, just, we don't talk about it. You know, I, I've said this so many times but when I was growing up the only person who ever talked about menopause in my life was Les Dawson when he was doing no. a skit on television <laughs> with Roy Barraclough yeah. dressed as a what? woman lifting his left breast and saying she's on the change you know and you can do that if you if you were doing the right things to stop it being a taboo subject.
0: Just on, on Planet Mail on Sunday we, we talk about it so much I, it, it's sort of a, you know a constant subject of, of discussion and I forget perhaps that you know in the wider world that it's it's remarkable that people are uh, having these conversations so much now.
2: Yep. Um, I, I would say that the media has played a huge role in throwing a light on the subject and, and the, the, the media have been braver than, than the rest of the population in actually talking about it but I've talked about it in the House of Commons several times and I'm always surprised that how many men actually respond and agree with me. And this morning, just this morning, I've come out of a debate, which I, I, was, uh, I was the lead on, on uh, the booty and aesthetics and wellbeing, talking about the lack of support that the booty industry's had throughout the pandemic. And I talked about that some homeopathic and some holistic therapies like massage are used by people as a way of, you know, looking after yourself and your mental health. And I actually used the word menopause in that debate and said, as a menopausal woman, I use use massage as a therapy. And the minister responded, and he picked up on that point and totally agreed and said he thought it was brilliant that we were talking about the menopause. So, Mm. you know, I think it's a subject that maybe maybe we've all got a little less shy about these things maybe it's the british reserve i don't know but it's People not like going to go away you really don't talk about
0: it
1: yeah yeah i, still I mean want to see brilliant. jacob rees mogg's face when you talk about menopause. oh yeah <laughs> well if you if you were throwing me a challenge i will i will find the time to ask a business
2: question and get jacob rees mogg to use the word menopause <laughs> see how many times you
3: get menopause into the conversation fantastic
0: To go back to the original point, I I see why you've uh, singled out HRT. But in terms of equity and achieving that between the nations, what about Mm. asthma? What about Parkinson's disease? What about inflammatory Mm. bowel disease, Crohn's and Mm. colitis? Mm. People in England with all of these conditions have to Mm. pay for their medicines for life. Mm. Would you see HRT picked out before those?
2: What I would say to that is that a lot of the the illnesses you mentioned are debilitating illnesses, and the likelihood is that person is not going to be in work. So they will probably get free prescriptions because of Um, the... the, the, I don't think that's... uh, And with with inflammatory bowel disease... They might have to take time off work. That's the one that came to my mind, is Parkinson's.
0: And younger people with Parkinson's as well.
2: Yeah, but if you've got a condition like that and you are in work and you are having to pay, then there is a scheme where you can pay annually or you can you get things um you pay in instalments and you get you can have as many prescriptions as you want. You know, I'm Welsh. I get everything free. No, this this is brilliant. HRT is not for life. It is for a period of time and you you will eventually come off it. And you won't go on it till later in life. But I still come back to it's about you have contraception free. So why should you not have... You need at the other end of the gynaecological clock free.
3: Carolyn, can I just ask you what the link is between... Because the, the, you, you're making this kind of link between the fact that, that women get contraception free but they don't get HRT free. I, I, Maybe I'm being really thick but I struggle to see what the link is between the two. Well, they are... It's, it's stuff
2: which is specifically female. So the woman mm. gets the pill and always has... Well, for a long time has had the pill free. And that is to, obviously, to prevent pregnancies. And then the HRT is a woman only thing, which is for the other end of the gynecological clock. It's a little bit like, would you have a workplace without a maternity policy? No, you wouldn't. And yet we have workplaces without menopause policies. You know, it's, it's all about being a woman and what you need to be able to function. And mm. certainly in terms of HRT and the benefit that has to keep women in work, then that's an issue but it's like i've said all along the hrt is the hock to hang hang this on it's the revolution that we need we don't just need free hrt we need Mm -hmm. a whole sea culture change in how we talk about deal with work with provide for the menopause
0: but let me just get this clear you would see hrt made prescription charge free ahead of asthma parkinson's disease and others
2: Well, that's my bill. That's what my bill is. You know, I'm a Welsh politician. Where where I live and where I represent, nobody pays for any of these
0: prescriptions. But we do in we do in England. We do in England. And you were talking about equity
2: yeah but my battle is about hrt i'm only talking yeah, about hrt i mean everything else yes i would love to see uh, prescriptions free in england but th- that's not my remit now to do that my remit is menopause and i'm using hrt as the handle to open that conversation no it's, it's you not know, somebody else should should be doing well, you've it you've
0: got to be specific haven't you
2: I'm specific that it's HRT. Yeah. I can't, I can't mm. campaign for all medication to be free in England because as a, as a Welsh MP, that's not my role to do that because my country, my, my government provides it free yeah. for everyone, for everything. Mm. You know, and it's an argument I could make ad nauseum to other colleagues and suggest and encourage them to do it. But I'm only talking about HRT because that is where I am. It's the menopause that I'm really concerned about. And HRT is a part of that. It's not the answer to it. It's not the solution to it. It's a part of it. And the way to open this conversation has been to camp. Well, I'm campaigning for the menopause. The private members bill can only do a narrow thing. And I am confident that that narrow thing I can achieve with that private members bill is free HRT.
0: Well, look, fingers crossed, you know, it sounds like the, it's very doable. And thank you so much for spending time explaining these to us. later nice to talk
1: to you. Hi. Sorry to interrupt your listening, but there's another great podcast from the Mail on Sunday you might want to try. Liz Jones' Diary, The Podcast, offering a weekly look into the life of Britain's most unfiltered columnist. That's me. Find us at mailplus.co.uk.
0: Well, I was very persuaded by Carolyn. I love the idea of Jacob Rees-Mogg in the House of Commons having to talk about the menopause too. What do you think, Vivian?
1: Oh, I, I just want to see it. I, I think it'll make mm. you deeply uncomfortable because that's a kind of below-stairs thing, isn't it?
0: But do you, do you agree with, the? I mean, have you been won over, Vivian, by Carolyn's argument that it's about equity between women in uh, all the nations?
1: I'm persuaded by that argument. I mean, whether she'll get it through is another matter. I, uh, you know, I think it's very good to argue for equity for women right across Britain. I'd rather have equity and not have any prescription charges because I think they're antiquated, bureaucratic and actually, bad for people's health.
3: I wonder how she would feel if if her bill was was passed, and then she saw, um, you know, how what the reaction would be from patients with Parkinson's disease and asthma who were saying, "Well, you know, it's all very well for people taking HRT, but I still have to pay for my prescriptions." Yeah, I think Absolutely. I'm with you there.
0: I think it it becomes a real ethical minefield because it, it, you are singling out one patient group. When lots of other people who might feel that they are very deserving, uh, what does the prescription charge actually pay for? Do, do you know? Does it cover the ad- admin of of the you know, pharmacist having to do the work and the postage and all of that kind of stuff? i mean, like...
1: I think it 's just a, a, a set fee which then rises with inflation i don 't think it covers anything specific. I mean I, no doubt people would say well it 's the administration of handing out the prescriptions. And of course, pharmacists have to be paid for their time.
3: I find it interesting that England is the the odd one out. I wonder why that is. There must be a a reason, a sensible reason why we we have yet to catch up.
0: Or maybe there's no sensible reason as (laughs) with so many things. Um, um, Before we go further, I think we should hear from uh, someone who has been campaigning for many years for the end of prescription charges for long-term conditions and see whether they support Carolyn's bill. With us now is Laura Cockrum, who is head of the Prescription Charges Coalition, who have been campaigning for some years to end prescription charges for many long-term health conditions. Laura, thanks very much for finding time to talk to us. First of all, we're talking about HRT. Carolyn Harris, the MP, is calling for prescription charges for HRT to be scrapped. Would you be happy to see HRT given without a prescription fee ahead of, say, Parkinson's drugs or Crohn's disease drugs, for instance?
4: Well, thanks for, for having me um, on the, the podcast today. Um, so we don't want to pick different drugs and medications and conditions against each other. And actually the DAISY Network, a network that support people who are living with primary ovarian insufficiency and they support people... Um,
0: That's young women who've, have, who've gone through the menopause, isn't it?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and supporting people around HRT. They're actually a member of the Prescription Charges Coalition. So I, th- I think it's important for, for us to say that we don't want to pit one condition against another, but, but it is not. something that, that we're, we're really passionate about. There are potentially millions of people out there living with long-term conditions in England that are not getting a, a fair crack of the whip in comparison to, to people who are living in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland who are getting their prescriptions for free. So yeah, we, 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 we actually think this is something that the government should be overhauling for all people with long-term conditions, and, and really do support the, the bill that Carolyn is bringing for, for HRT.
0: But of course, the menopause is not, for many women, a long-term condition.
4: I mean, it's it's interesting that you, as a man, is, is kind of uh, asking that, that question, um, that the menopause, on average, can be around four years. And so... I would dispute that, that you that, that, that it's. I mean, it's not a long-term condition. In the say the same as, as HIV and multiple sclerosis and, and Crohn's disease and Parkinson's, that you know are, are lifelong conditions once diagnosed. But I would still say that four years should be classed as a, a long-term condition. And in actual fact, when the, the Labour government a few years ago were, were, were talking about you know reviewing uh, prescription charges they actually got advice from a specialist uh, professor Ian Gilmore and he suggested that anything that is over 6 months should be counted as a long term condition so i would definitely say the menopause does fall into that
0: i mean obviously you're not looking at a situation where you're pitting things against each other but as we know nhs resources are finite and if HRT was was made prescription-free, would that mean that something else wasn't? And would that be right? Is, is there a pecking order? You know, does the Prescription Charges Coalition think that perhaps the Parkinson's should come first and then IBD? How does this work? You know, you can't... In a perfect world, they all would be... Everything would be free. But if you did have to choose...
4: Well, well, actually, I think I think it's quite interesting that that you, you talk about kind of prioritisation. I mean, we, as a as a coalition, we we have you know over fifty members at least, and and they have a, a variety of different conditions. But what we found when we surveyed them a few years ago is that that people are not collecting their prescriptions because they, or certainly a third of respondents who are in England, aren't collecting their prescriptions because they they couldn't because of cost or they were skipping or reducing their medication. And what that actually did is it meant that they were then um, calling on the GP or potentially going into hospital, and that was causing more of an issue for the NHS. So, um, you know, we had one lady, Zoe, who shared her story with us. She lives with kidney disease, and she was actually hospitalized twice because she had to wait until payday to collect her prescription. Now, when she went into hospital, the first time she had to have a lumbar puncture, um, which cost thousands of pounds, and the next time she actually had to have an MRI scan, again costing thousands of pounds, plus the time that she was actually in hospital. So what we're saying is that the prescription charges... um, are actually a barrier to people getting medication and could be costing the nhs uh you know more money rather than actually um getting money into the nhs by charging people for for their medication
0: and there's been some quite good research i believe into other conditions that people aren't large numbers of people with rheumatoid arthritis for instance aren't taking their medicines because of the prescription charges and this is this is research that you've done or backed are we seeing the same thing with HRT? Are women not taking HRT because of the prescription charges and suffering?
4: Um, well, well, it's it's certainly something that the Daisy Network have fed in generally that that they do get that that feedback um I, I haven't got specific cases that i can i can share with you but i think you know that there has been um certainly when 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 labor were talking about reviewing prescription charges in 2009 they they did some some work with Ipsos Mori and they found that you know um over 800,000 people uh shared that they weren't collecting their prescriptions due to cost now some of those people will have Parkinson's. They may have HIV. They may have. Um, they may be uh, going through the menopause and on HRT. And I don't think that that um, that has, has, has actually changed. In actual fact, with um, you know what's happening with with, with kind of the, the benefit system and, and 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 it not being maybe as generous as it has been in the past, I think that it probably is getting worse, and that more people are not collecting their
1: prescriptions because they simply can't afford them.
0: Well, Laura, thanks so much. And uh, I I just wanted to uh, check whether Vivian had any questions.
1: Well, I was going to ask Barney whether actually we should just be campaigning to have no prescription charges at all, because to pit one disease against another is ridiculous. But also, it's incredibly bureaucratic. Because imagine that every time that someone has to prove that they're menopausal, therefore they're taking their medicines. You know, how long should it last? Do they have to go to the GP and get a note to say when they should and shouldn't come off the prescription exemption scheme? So the bureaucracy involved is a nightmare and very costly. Pharmacists would happily get rid of prescription charges and actually the country would be healthier as a result. And in Wales, certainly I've looked at the data there and there hasn't been a rise in the number of prescriptions issued. I do think that, that you know, there is definitely real
4: issues with the bureaucracy of prescription charges and parliamentary committees have, have, have looked, at, looked at it and, and the issues with you know, people claiming universal credit and, and, and one month being able to get a prescription for for free and then another month because it has five weeks in the month, it means they're over their limit and actually they can't get a prescription for free. So there's huge amounts of bureaucracy in the system. Um, and actually the Pharmacists' Defence Association is a member of the Prescription Charges Coalition and their members um, who are pharmacists in independent pharmacies across, um, across the UK, uh, you know, would support i think the, the the scrapping of prescription charges so that people can get the medication that they need to stay healthy and well
0: how likely is it then that um or you know if you weighed up the two options here scrap all prescription charges for everything as vivian suggests makes perfect sense how likely is it that that would happen as opposed to picking one or two conditions and saying there's a compelling financial argument to scrap prescription charges for these which one is it which should you be campaigning for
4: i mean as as the prescription charges coalition we are campaigning for long-term conditions however we recognize that that is is still means that there is bureaucracy in the system and there still will be people who you know are diagnosed with a long-term condition and then have to kind of get into this pot if you like of, of free prescriptions We have sympathy with Vivian's position and, and, you know, it would be better and and it's been proved in Scotland, Wales and and Northern Ireland to scrap prescription charges for the population um, actually doesn't you know cost the the kind of the nhs and actually improves potentially the the health of the nation so so you know we're, we're in a difficult position but but really we are um uh, campaigning for people with long-term conditions but recognize that actually the that the health of the population could benefit as well
0: well thanks very much laura it's been very interesting to talk to you
4: thank you very much <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it all
3: seems a little bit confused to me.
0: Yes. I mean, you know, I could see why Carolyn's bill would be persuasive because she was being very specific and saying, you know, just let's talk about HRT um, Mm. and the menopause. Whereas, you know, if you're saying just people with long term conditions and plus people with the menopause, but then, you know, you're going to get other patient groups saying, well, what about us too? What do you think, Vivian? Do you think that the uh, prescription charges coalition argument is uh, a good one?
1: I think they're being forced into a cul-de-sac where they're arguing for long-term conditions, but actually, probably, at heart, what they really want is the entire prescription charge ended. And I think that while they argue and, you know, pit one condition against another, actually, government just sits back and rubs its hands and thinks, well, while there's all this argument going on, we don't need to do anything. Whereas I think actually to be very clear and specific about ending prescription charges altogether so that we have equity with Wales and Scotland is actually what people should be going for. But I do salute... The splendid Caroline for getting menopause <laughs> discussed in the House of Commons because it's a bit like you know they they do go a bit wobbly when you talk about periods. So menopause is even worse. So good on her. It's worth it just just
3: to see the expression on their faces and and the, how uncomfortable they are. Yeah, but just sort of
0: rewinding to to your own personal story, Vivian you felt that it was fair enough that you paid for 10 years or however long it was um for your hrt prescription obviously now now very recently you get it for free uh, i assume
1: i do get it for free and i feel a bit guilty about it actually i think that there are a lot of uh, people who are in their prime who are still working and uh, i th- feel really guilty about getting free prescriptions and free bus passes and I wish I didn't I wish I could say I really don't want to take them in fact I don't take them but I don't have a choice with prescriptions
0: can, can you not donate your bus pass is there a system because you can donate your winter heating bill thing I don't
1: you? know about that that's a good thing I should look uh, that up
0: perhaps we should it's suggest
1: specific to a
0: person perhaps there should be a system where you can donate your free prescription Charge.
1: To somebody who needs it. To
0: someone who needs it. I don't know. There's a a I don't think
1: that one's gonna fly.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at mailplus.
3: We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then. Goodbye.